All right, Megan, before we got on this this uh, podcast, I texted my wife and said, all right, now I'm about to record a podcast convo with Megan where we're talking about an app for breaking up with people. And she replied, that makes me worry about the future of humanity. Welcome to Better Product. I'm Megan, and this episode features inspiration prompted by mine and Christian's Slack conversations. You'll hear our take on what a world of pop-up tech could look like, what happens when you take an idea too far, and how Newton's Law creates product opportunities. So there's a new product out there that we found recently. It's called Post Dates. One word, kind of like Postmates. I know it sounds very similar. That's the point. And it is a not delivery, but a pickup service for all of your stuff after a breakup. So they market themselves as the first app for breaking up And you hire a courier through them who will go pick up anything you left at an ex's house. And it doesn't have to be like an XX. It could just be a one night stand. You tell them what's there. They go grab it all the way up to, you know, if it's a divorce and you need to drop off divorce papers and, you know, get the furniture or something. I don't know. But it's real. Like you can go all the way through the workflow and actually hire somebody to go do this. I don't know in how many cities, but it's fully functional. When you told me about it, I mean, my first question was like, is this like a real thing? Like if you actually go to postdates.co and go through with it, would you actually like buy something? And and I think you would. But on their about page, it says Postdates is a fully operational parody of a company that goes by a very similar name designed to bring humor to an otherwise shitty situation. So works just like your favorite delivery app, but in breakup form. So I don't know. I mean, maybe at some point we'll have an app, a product, Megan, that is what happens when you and I take an idea too far. But I related to that. Like, I get it. Like, there's some like random ideas that take shape. Sometimes you just have to see it through and see what it can become. So this is more of a like a lighthearted like take on a product. We're not talking about like Asana on this episode. But there's something interesting about it. There's something that we can, I think, get when we talk about some things there. Like for me, one thing that strikes me is like, it's like a, they said pop-up shop type business. I'm thinking, is this a pop-up product? Like, is there a such thing as like a, a temporary product? I don't know. Right. Like, are they going to just test it out for fun for a few months? And then who cares if it catches on? Who cares if it doesn't? We'll just sunset it and it'll be a good story. That could be a new thing. Or who knows? Maybe if it does catch on, they'll be like, yeah, we, we've got something here. We're going to keep sending these people out to go pick up everybody's stuff. Right. I mean, I feel like, Okay, if they took an idea too far, like they they clearly saw something like so I have to think that they're open to the idea that there may be something useful here. I even feel like when Tinder first came out, I think some people weren't sure if that was serious and it sort of like became serious. And then like even the idea of online dating like 20 years ago felt like, oh, this isn't like serious. So I don't know. There's some things that seem like really laughable in the beginning that actually latch on to something. Yeah. And it's funny that you like talk about dating apps that way, because I think about this as they call themselves the first app for breaking up. And it's funny to think that obviously there must have been a first dating app. There's a first every type of app. But are we going to see more of these apps that pop up as an opposite reaction to something else? Does every niche app or category of apps out there kind of have that opposite category or an opposite niche that we could that we haven't even really thought of and could potentially start developing products around? When you say opposite, do you think more like an equal and opposite reaction, like whatever one of Newton's yeah, laws was law or something? Yeah, every action has 
people in opposite reactions. Yeah. So, I mean, dating apps have been around long enough. Maybe it's time for breakup apps. It's I bet it's not the first one. You could even argue that like mental health apps, you know, could be like Headspace could in some way be advertised as a breakup app. Yeah, that's it's it's funny because there was a there's a guy near Eyal who wrote that that book about uh, creating like habit loops, the the book Hooked on creating like like highly addictive apps. And then like five years later, he created a book called uh, What Have I Done? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, basically, it was it was like how to 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 reclaim like your attention. And um, and so I, I always thought that was kind of, kind of ironic. I was like, wait a second, you did that and then you fixed it. But yeah, no, I, I, can, I can definitely see that. You know who else? Had, this is a tangent. You know who else had a similar reaction is the guy who invented golden doodles. They just they blew up in popularity. And he was like, what have I done? These dogs are inbred monsters now. Well, now there's like a billion doodles. So I don't know. You like any. You, yeah, you don't get any like uh, royalties on, on something like that. So I think that the, the equal and opposite reaction is interesting to think about. We talk about like a lot of B2B type products, but I think on this one, obviously, we're focusing more on the consumer side. And I do think that you're onto something that the technology enables. Well, I don't know. We're not going to sit here and cite statistics, but I, I know that dating apps, I've been married for 14 years, like before dating apps were like really a thing, but I'm aware of them. Um, and I don't want to out anybody on this show as using one. I don't know if it's like okay to talk about, but I know people use them, right? But yeah, it's okay to talk about. I mean, I've used. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Much, so you're not, yeah. it's not like a. Okay. Well, I ended up using one successfully. Like, I don't use them anymore. I'm currently in a relationship as a result of one. But yeah, and it, it was a little bit weird. Each of them, it's funny, like, each of them have a different personality. Each of them almost have a different goal. Like, Hinge is probably that more relationship focused app at this point, and, and Tinder is more of that hookup app. And that that's another thing, too. Like, it's a totally interesting thing to me, which is these apps that have like an end state. And then when the end state is like the app is done. So like, you know, the post post dates, when you execute, it's done. And so like, you're not going to use it again. And then theoretically, you're not dating so frequently that that app is needed. Like you can't use it. Like you're not going to get like a daily active user I mean, I on know. post you dates. Can, like, you could lose that judgmental tone. <laughs> well, I'm not. No, no, no. Hold on. The judgmental tone. The judgmental tone is not about like dating around. It's more like. Like if you were to use it on a daily basis, that means you have like moved your stuff into somebody's house, like on a daily basis. Either that or you that have like a terrible memory. Like you're really bad at remembering to bring your stuff with you. Well, I guess you could use post dates and just send out like a bulk email. Like if you lost your car keys and just be like, I'm not sure where they are. <laughs> so I'm just going to like send out a request to everybody I dated and just see if they turn up. Uh, maybe you could do that. That's like a scavenger hunt. You send a courier to every single one of your ex's houses. <laughs> Who can find the keys first? This is, so what I really want to see happen, I mentioned this to you, this is not going to be useful for our audience, but actually, no, it is because it's, it's going to be a movie recommendation. And this this app reminded me of the of the movie, The Breaker Upperers. Breaker Upperers. Yes, I'm not like stuttering. I was like, what it's called? Anyway, it's a comedy from New Zealand. Like came out in 2018. It's on Netflix. And it's these two women who ruthless the movie, the description says BFFs Jen and Mel will ruthlessly end any romance. 
And that's basically what the movie is. They, they like go around and get hired out to like get people out of relationships. But like they would like fake people's deaths to get them out of like a relationship and stuff. And I'm like, that's, that's what I really, maybe, maybe that's the growth path for post dates. Maybe, honestly. Yeah, that's funny that like, again, a joke, but it was a business centered around ending relationships. So there's got to be something there. It's not like only these people are thinking about it. Multiple people are thinking about it. So the idea of dating online, it's gotten over the stigma. Um, you, you've used it successfully and you're, you're not using it anymore. The, the, the point I was going to say on that was interesting was like when I got married, we got on the not like dot com and then you like sign up on these wedding registries and there's almost like, well, you used it. So you're done. So then they came out with the nest after marriage. You have kids to try to like own the value chain. So like ultimately you could see like a dating app, like acquiring or adding on post dates to like own the relationship value chain well before I guess it goes to like marriage. In our Slack conversations, obviously, we were talking a little bit about the fact that this post dates is basically just kind of ripping the Postmates food delivery app brand. Like the logo looks kind of like it. The name is one letter different. Even like the UX on the site looks like the food delivery app. So we know it's something different. Obviously, we assume they are in no way associated with Postmates. So what type of brand strategy, this type of brand approach, the term that I'm now going to coin, which Christian was leading up to, is called brand skitching. So I don't know how many of our listeners know what skitching is. I didn't know exactly what it was before I had to look it up before this because I knew what like the action was, but I didn't know what the term was. It's like when you're riding a skateboard and you grab the back of somebody's bumper and you hitch a ride along with them. Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox. Everybody who's seen that movie knows what skitching is. I sent it to Christian. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you know what this is because your wife is a skater or a former skater, but I just want to make sure this post dates it like the brand is skitching on the Postmates brand. And that's kind of where that term came from for me. I'm trying to think of like other types of brands who have done this or if it's going to become more of a thing that opens up a whole nother load of questions about trademarking and copywriting. And is this legal? And how long can they get away with not getting sued for the most part? The only other example that came to mind as I was thinking about it was Nathan for you and his dumb Starbucks episode where he just put a dumb in front of everything. <laughs> And basically, like, opened a, a new coffee shop called it Dumb Starbucks. So he was like using the brand equity of Starbucks to get people in the door, but it was his own store. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't affiliated with them in any way. The way that he got away with it, or sort of got away with it, is that he didn't trademark it as a coffee shop, he trademarked it as an art gallery. And then like like an art gallery that sold coffee as the art. And because it was like parody art, there's a loophole in the law about parody art. And that allows you to get away with it. Like as long as it's a parody, you can do it. So it's like uh, it's like the Weird Al Yankovic approach to like to products. And he's made a pretty good career out of that. About the time that you sent me this, I also got sent this video for this music video for Vax That Thing Up, which is based on the song Back That Ass Up by Juvenile from the 90s, which I know you and I have an age disparity and I remember sending it to you and think, I don't know if you even know who this person is, Juvenile, and uh, Birdman is also in it. 
And you were like, no, not really. And I was like, well, eventually they made Cash Money Millionaires and they signed Nicki Minaj and Drake. Oh, yeah, I know them. Cool. Well, yeah, I knew, I knew Lil Wayne. I knew that like that. And it just took, you told me another song and I was like, oh, yeah, because I knew the song. I just didn't know like who had sung it. Well, the video is done really well. Like it's well done. Now, I have noticed pe some people think it's like ridiculous and stupid. I thought it was brilliant. Now, a lot of people was like, wow, like he still got it. Like this is like a really well done video. But the whole video is about vaccinating for the black community. But what is not really apparent when you watch the video, but it's true, is that it's actually basically a PSA put on by BLK, the black dating app, the dating app uh, targeting, uh, you know, black, uh, you know, 20, 30 plus year olds. So that was what was really interesting to me. And you talk about brand sketching. I don't know what you would call that, but there's some aspect of, okay, there's a product utilizing something in the world and like converging those things together, like through a parody. So it's got like this element of parody with the song. And then it also has this, uh, you know, sketching off of, you know, something current. Now that may just sound to everybody like, oh, that's just a publicity stunt utilizing something current in the news. But it's not though, because the Vax that thing up is completely tied to dating like that to me is what is so smart about it it's like it's not just like oh what's hot right now oh getting vaccinated let's make a video it's like what's a thing that prevents people from dating safely vaccinating so i don't know it was like interesting how it was all tied together yeah it's like a weird crossover between something that's necessary for that that industry or that product and also like a current trend so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go with that, but I just had to to mention that. But anyway, I think what what strikes me about this too, if we want to like draw something serious that we could talk about here, is is like you talk about this equal and opposite reaction. I think about the counter trends to to major trends, and so in the tech world, everybody's trying to create the unicorn or just like the the platform for everything. So. It starts with like social networks, like 10 years ago, so much activity of social networks, then a few went out and then nobody can really, you know, infringe upon that, that business model. Then there's like the Shopify, Stripes or Twilio, all these things that become like monumentally wealthy based off of being platforms. And so now everybody's trying to be the platform for everything. And they keep acquiring all of the niche businesses until like to grow as a platform, like all they do is niche businesses. And if you look at it from a business standpoint, you're like, oh, that's amazing. It's brilliant. But if you look at it from our standpoint, where we love good products, it's a little bit sad that everything just gets kind of like swallowed up. So I kind of like post dates because it's like bringing some, I don't know, like an artistic mindset back to the product world. Like, like let's take something very specific, not niche, like everybody breaks up with somebody at some point. So that's not niche, but it's something like very specific that happens in your life and build off of that. So I really appreciate that maybe we're seeing this like counter swing of products that like really approach a very particular thing in your life that's going on. Yeah. And it's funny, like to me that they approached it with such like a typical product mentality. Like they identified this problem because they thought about it typically like a product. They thought about the problem like that. They're like, okay, what's a problem that we can solve that maybe we've experienced personally that everybody else we've talked to has workarounds for? 
So it's either like you go in the middle of the night and you steal stuff back or like you drop stuff off when you know they're not there or you start slowly like taking one thing back at a time when you know you're going to break up with them or you send your friends like all these are workarounds for a very common problem. And that's like basics of product like what product 101 is like, when do we decide to create a product? It's it's when we have a problem like that. Yeah. And there's like a unique lens on on what the problem is. I mean, I never of course, I'm not like dating. So maybe that's silly to say I would never think of something like that. But I don't know that I would ever have examined a problem the way that somebody did. And when I say like an like an artist mindset, I mean, you're an artist as well. You 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 paint, you do you do art on the side. So when I say that, I'm like bringing something where there's like almost no goal involved. Like the thing about design is you're almost like always designing for something like a problem. So you have this problem and design it and you can like measure success. What's different about art is you just do art for art's sake. Maybe see what's coming. You might have a vision for something, but you're not like solving a problem with watercolor necessarily. You get to sort of see what emerges. And I think that mindset has a place in product where there's some experimentation, not even just of like, is this a great product? But like experimentation with problem spaces, like is breaking up with people like how do you discover, is this a problem people care a lot about? Well, this would be a way to sort of see. Yeah. And just like, I mean, art has, art improves design. So like not, I mean, if everything designed were just solely functional, everything would be ugly. And so we do take some of that, like those flourishes and those things that are unnecessary and apply them to products. And that doesn't make them any less well-designed as long as it solves the problem in the first place. So I mean, to your point, how can we use these seemingly trivial or experimental products to then kind of work through problems or learnings from them that we can then apply to, to products that are solving real problems? Well, I like that lens because it's reminding me of something I don't like is the analogy is what you're building a painkiller or a vitamin. And I'm always like, I don't really like, like that. We just still, yeah. <laughs> Right. Where's the stimulants? Yeah. The psychedelics. Like what? Yeah. Like, no, okay. Like, that's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, it could be a psychedelic, something you do to open your mind for a good time. So like, if you're just like, break it down to like vitamin painkiller, for people who don't know this analogy, basically what you're saying is like, are you solving a, a pain that people have or something that's nice to have? Like that, that's, that's like, like increases health and well-being. An augmentation. Yeah. That sounded like a joke when we first said it, but now I'm like, kind of, yeah, like, where are the hallucinogens? I mean, I feel like every once in a while, they're, they're good for the soul. Well, they open, they open you up to, to things that you didn't know existed. And I think that's one of the challenges that I've always personally had with product thinking is they get so focused on problems as other people see them. And this is a perfect example. I'm married dating apps, breaking up apps are not in my purview. So if somebody were to bring my first reaction is like, oh, that's cute. That's like a silly thing. But that's kind of an unfair response. That's actually like, almost like dismissive, because I'm not in that world space. But like, if you actually think about it, you can say, oh, hold on a second. If you're dating, that is a problem. Or maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's something where you're like, you know, that's a really unique lens on dating that nobody's really talking about like what about that awkward interaction like what if there was a way to make that less awkward is that a painkiller a vitamin probably none of those things but it's like a different lens on a bigger problem i would challenge people to break out from what they think is the problem space and instead of using research and methodologies and metrics to uncover new problem space what if you used 
a different approach to something to just explore what's out there? What new feature could you add? What new mini product could you create without the, being unencumbered by success metrics? Yep. And I think those types of experimental products can get out into the world faster if you're using this brand sketching parody approach. It kind of gets it a little bit more press, gets it in front of more people. It's more fun that way, honestly. And um, it just, it helps you, like you don't have to spin cycles on a brand. You don't have to worry about what people are going to like. You just use something you already know is useful to them and familiar to them and get them to think about these unfamiliar concepts and experimental concepts in a familiar way. And I will always forever think of Michael J. Fox on the back of a truck. He was riding a skateboard, but the faster way to use a skateboard was to leverage the truck that was right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Call that a wrap? Yeah. All right. I'll end it. Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Better Product Community. We've got all sorts of content and resources for you. And if you want more audio, don't forget The Business of Product is our latest show to join the Better Product Network. And you can find that and more at betterproduct.community.